excited to welcome you as we gather as the Christ Journey family once again, not only here in South Florida, shout out to Kendall Campus and to Gables Campus, but also those of you who are joining us online or across the nation, around the world, whatever nation of origin you find yourself in, we invite God's blessing upon you. I wonder if we could all start, just take a deep breath and speak so as to be heard. Repeat after me. This is the day the Lord has made. Amen. Let's receive that as a gift. This is a good day, a day of God's bigness and goodness who has us in his hand. Another promise that Jesus made that I find comfort in is where two or three gather in his name that he is with us. He's in our midst. So we invite the blessing of God's withness to be with you and with us today. Now those are comforting thoughts. Uh, Jesus also says some things that trouble me. Like, is this a troubling thought to you? Jesus said, unless you change. I mean, let's just stop there. Unless you change. Is that troubling to you? Unless you change and then become like little children, you're gonna miss the kingdom. Now, is that troubling? Is that true? Did he mean that? I mean, really, become like little children. That sounds like the line that you would see in a Hallmark card that you give to somebody right after they have a baby. You know what I mean? Maybe you even saw it there and signed the card for them. But did he mean it for real? Did he mean it for real people? In the real world, because here's what we know. In the real world, life is hard. And children are at risk. So did Jesus really mean become like little children? What does that mean? Become naive? Become foolish? Become short-sighted? I know you're way ahead of me on this. No, that's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. That's not what he meant. Actually, you know, probably not. That's not what he meant. Jesus at the time, in the gospel stories, uh, the men that he was traveling with were arguing with each other about who was the greatest. You know, who's the greatest in the kingdom? And another interesting thing here is that Jesus never chided them or scolded them for wanting to lead great lives. That God's not against you wanting to lead a great life, to have great impact and great influence. But at that time, what he did was then he, he doesn't scold them. He just brings a little child in the middle of all these guys that were arguing, going shoulder to shoulder on, you know, what's the, who's great among us, and he says this, whoever humbles himself like this little child, that's where the greatness lies in the kingdom. So here's what I'm taking from that. In other words, when Jesus says become like a child, he doesn't mean be childish, so that now it's all about you, you know, it's all about you. No, think beyond yourself. What he means is be childlike in your approach, this teachability, this humility that's present there. Now, that takes me back to my boyhood. As a little boy, one of the things I loved to do was wrestle with my daddy. Did you ever wrestle with your daddy and feel his strength around me, you know, his strong arms, his strong hands? Sometimes he's, uh, he's got me pinned down, and it was like, ah! Other times he's like throwing me up in the air and catching me, and this is so cool. And other times I could just ride around on him, you know, in the living room or on his shoulders outside, and never without my mother's warning. She would always say, somebody's going to get hurt, right? Don't wrestle in the house. Somebody's going to get hurt. Uh, 
at Lisa, when Lisa, my wife, was, um, was growing up, what her dad would say is, mess with the bull, get the horn. That's quotable, guys. You know, I want to take that away today. Mess with the bull, get the horn. Um, and her mother would give a similar warning. But, you know, it's like it's dangerous to play with dad, but, but the danger makes it even more delicious, Right? Yeah, it's dangerous to play with dad. When my dad would watch TV, sometimes he would stick, he'd put his legs up beside him on the couch. He'd be on the couch. His legs would be beside him. They'd kind of form this little triangle there. It looked like a perfect fort to me. And I would climb up inside the fort, and it was so cool <clears throat> to be his knees in front of me and either side, his strength was around me. And, um, and I'd crawl inside that pocket, and it was great until he lifted his top knee. You know, and it was large enough so that I could see, oh, I could squeeze through there. And so I would be heading out. And, of course, then he would close his knees down on my head. And then I'd be squealing, squealing. And then my mom would say, I told you, somebody's got to get hurt, right? But there was something wonderful about it. There was just something almost magical about being surrounded with my father's strength while we were at play. And I, now I do it with my own, with my grandson, West. You know, he turns five this week. I know I can't believe that, five this week. But I've made this commitment to myself uh, where whenever he says to me, hey, Pops, you want to play? Then I'm always going to say, I would love to because I want him remembering and feeling what that memory does in my heart and in my soul. I want him to feel like, I just love it when we play. Now, of course, I've got some not-so-pleasant memories about my dad that I suppose we all do. But when I go looking through my memories for ones that I treasure, that one always jumps out at me. It's like I'm looking back in my mind, and that one just jumps out. It's like it sticks its hand up and says, ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me. And I always do. I pick that one. Why? Because I, I, just rem I, feel, I remember feeling so treasured and so loved and so happy and so playful and so surrounded by my Father's strength. And I'm thinking those are longings of the human heart, aren't they? To be delighted in, to be treasured as a source of joy, to be happy and to be playful and to be held in a special fondness by somebody who's big and strong and who believes in you. Now, I wonder if that's what Jesus meant when he told his men that day that they were arguing. You know what? You, to be great, you don't have to go make yourself special by your performance or by your position or by your possessions. But the real secret, you, you need to simply rediscover yourself as a child in the love and strength of your heavenly Father. Could he mean that? Because on another occasion, here's what he said. Don't be afraid, little flock, my little lambs. Don't be afraid. It gives your father great pleasure. I, it, it creates delight in the heart of God to lavish you with his kingdom, how fond he is of us. Now, maybe like me, you don't normally think of yourself as a little lamb, right? It's much cooler and, more, and awesomer to say, no, I'm a superhero, I'm, a, I'm an action figure type guy. 
But, okay, imagine if you were God. If you were awesome, infinite, almighty, eternal God. And you had a special fondness in your heart for somebody. How about for every somebody, for every man and every woman and every boy and every girl, and you just felt, you're such a big God, but you, you love these little people that maybe you would look down from your bigness and you might give them like a sweet term of endearment, like um, my little treasure, mi pequeño tesoro, or mi amorcito. You know, my little love, right? Is that what Jesus is trying to say? That God in his bigness and in his awesome almightiness is just saying, you know, you just need to discover yourself as my child before your big almighty God. That finding and feeling his strength in play all around you is at the heart of getting into the kingdom. I always look forward to our At the Movie series, and I'm excited about this one because the movie we start with today is all about play. Play. Christopher Robin. It's the boy who grew up in the Hundred Acre Wood. You know his story with his friends. A donkey named Eeyore was his friend, and Kanga and Little Roo and Rabbit and Piglet, and there's Owl. But most of all, anybody out there? Winnie the Pooh, yes, Winnie the Pooh, willy-nilly silly old bear. And what does Winnie always say? He says, it's always a sunny day when Christopher Robin comes to play. Pooh loves to play. You watch this movie and you watch how many times does the word play show up and the theme play is woven throughout. But when we join the story, Christopher isn't playing much at all. In fact, he hasn't been playing for a very, very long time. No, he's all grown up now, and he's a very responsible worker for a very demanding boss in a very important job, and he's, got a, he's married, and he has a child of his own that he's trying to provide for, and, and yet he's distracted. He's anxious. He's preoccupied. He's torn. He's troubled because he wants to be there for his family, but he's essentially demanded away from them by the very thing that God, that, that he's been given to provide for them. And so guess what happens? Here's some insight from the trailer. I'm sorry I got held up at work. You'd be working this weekend? Well, it can't be helped. Father, I never see you. Your life is happening now, right in front of you. I am sorry, Madeline. What to do, what to do, what to do. What to do indeed. Who? Christopher Robin. No. No, 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 no. This can't be happening. It's stress. It's not stress. It's poo. Poo. How are you here? Oh, well, I went through the door through which Christopher Robin is known to appear. And now, I'm here. The tree I remember was behind the cottage in the countryside, not here in London. I suppose it's where it needs to be. That's a silly explanation. Why, thank you. That's a silly, that's a silly explanation. This bear of little brain doesn't know that being called silly, 
he thinks it's a compliment. Why, thank you. That's a silly idea. And yet somehow Pooh goes looking for Christopher and, um, and finds him to help lead him in a journey of rediscovery. Rediscovering joy, rediscovering his childhood, rediscovering himself, and then taking that rediscovery to rediscover his own grown-up family as well. That's the storyline in the movie. Now, one way to interpret the story is that Christopher's humanity is, um, is seen in his toys. You know, when my youngest daughter, Jess, was little, she had a collection of briar horses, and she would name every horse after a person in her life. And then that horse would take on the personality of the name of the person that she named it after. And so we could know what was going on in her life by the way that she was playing with her horses and calling out their names. Well, what if Christopher, what if Christopher's life is seen in his stuffed toys in the story? Then in the 100-acre wood, you know what's going on? Self-talk. He's talking to himself. He's engaging with his own emotional soul. So Piglet is his fear and his anxiety. Tigger is like, ooh, 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 his excitement, right? Uh, Owl is his insight and wisdom. Eeyore, his depression and his discouragement. And, uh, and Pooh would be his heart. His heart has been missing him and comes looking for him in the story. Now, that's part of the story that intersects ours, isn't it? People in our world lose their heart. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has set eternity in the human heart. It's kind of like a homing device that calls us upward, onward, back home to God. It's like, you know, in the movie, Winnie is is that peace. It's like the spiritual version of Winnie trying to help us rediscover our inner child and then that place where we're surrounded by the strong love of our almighty creator God. And then the surprise, of course, for those who experience God's strength and love is how playful God is. Have you ever thought of the playfulness of God? I want you to join me in that thought a little bit later here. But in the movie, Winnie's always playing. He's always playing. He's trying to get Christopher Robin to play, rediscover his play, his playfulness, like in this clip on the train. Pooh, do you think you might be able to amuse yourself for a while? I've got some rather pressing work to do. House, clouds, tree, dog. Pooh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm playing a game. It's called Say what you see. Well, could you say what you see a little more quietly? House, grass, trees. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, this uh, compartment is rather full. It's his nap time. Winnie just wants Christopher to play, not to waste his time, not to neglect his responsibilities, but to rediscover his joy, his playfulness, his inner child. Because, and what did Jesus say? Unless you change and become like a little child, you're going to miss the kingdom. What did he mean? I'm wondering. 
So in the story, here Christopher, he's a troubled man in a demanding world doing a very hard thing with jobs and lives on the line and being interrupted to, uh, so that he won't miss his life. And ultimately, all of his childhood friends show up to come to his rescue, and uh, it's actually a leap of faith that paves the way. Check this out. Christopher Robin! You're back! Exactly. He's giant. And he smells a little funny. Just an average Wednesday morning. I'm not who I used to be. I'm lost. You need to remember who you are. Christopher always comes to save us. Now it's our turn to save him. Darling, these creatures aren't real. Don't worry, this is part of the plan. Yeah, but we don't want to fly out. We just need a leap of faith. It's always a sunny day. When Christopher Robin comes to play. Silly old bear. Tigger, I don't know if you heard him say, but right before the launch, he said, sometimes you just need a leap of faith. And I don't think I heard it the first time I saw the movie, so I listened to it again, and I thought, leap of faith? What are they talking about? And yet in the storyline, that leap of faith is what opens a door for Robin's rediscovery. So I'm not going to spoil the movie now for you, but I just want to say this. Can't we all relate to that topic? Because you live long enough, here's what happens. As we get older in this world, we forget how to play. We forget how to let our imaginations take us places. We forget how to create. I mean, we don't mean to, <laughs> but it just happens. You know, life gets hard. And so to cope, so do we. We get hard too. Sometimes we get hurt. And then we get angry. And so we back off and we wall up and we hide out because it seems so child. I'm not a child. Some of us were raised to work hard. You know, Midwestern, Southeastern. You ever heard of the Protestant work ethic? The Protestant work ethic. You know what that is? That just means you work hard. That's part of the meaning of life is you just work hard. But perhaps you've never heard of the theology of play. Now, for me, that's what connects the dots between God's word and our world in this film. To have the faith of a child, to become like a child, means rediscovering the place where joy and play are present because you are surrounded by the strength and bigness of a God who has a special fondness for you. Our Heavenly Father loves it when we spend time with Him as a caring Father. Have you ever stopped to realize that this is embedded right in the creation story itself? The earliest story in the Bible, the creation story, Genesis chapter 1, of the seven days of creation, human beings, male and female, arrive on the scene. Which day are they created? Do you remember? Day six. Day six. What did God do on day seven? Yeah, he took the day off. 
He took the day off, which means that, uh, well, you wonder why. I'm wondering, is it, hey, I'm going to hang out with my new image-bearing offspring. The very first day of humanity's existence was a play day with God where they're not supposed to do anything, just be with him in the midst of his amazing creation. It's like, what if God was saying, you know what, let's just hang out. I mean, I made you to be with you. Now, yes, there's going to be things to do, and you're going to work, and you're going to know the joy of meaningful contribution, and you're going to know the, you're going to apply yourself in productive energy, but your very first day of existence is just going to be spent being with me. Just doing nothing except be with me. Now, some of us who have a bit of religious perspective on this would know the word Sabbath, and that's the more respectable, you know, religious word about it. But what it means is just do nothing except be with God. And you know what Pooh says, doing nothing often leads to the very best something. Would you like to say that one with me? Doing nothing often leads to the very best something. Jesus taught that we're supposed to learn, every grown-up who has ever borrowed God's breath in this planetary life is supposed to learn something from children. In fact, if you don't change, if you don't change, isn't that what Jesus said? If you don't change and become like a little child, you're going to miss the kingdom. What are we supposed to learn from children? Well, how about how to believe, how to trust, how to imagine, how to be fully present in the moment, how to be completely in the moment, how to play, how to play. You know, kids, they, don't, they can play without any, quote, purpose at all. They don't need play to have purpose in order to make it respectable. They just like hang time, you know. It's like, Pops, you want to play? I would love to. I don't say, so what's the point? No, it's just play. Play. It's being with. It's like, let's just be, be, before we were ever human doings, this is where the story begins. We are human beings. And God says, I just want you to be with me as the human being you are meant to be before your human doings Can distract you. So notice something with me. I got to thinking about that and resting upon that and then thinking about Jesus with his disciples. By the way, the, the Gospel of Mark says that Jesus had lots of people that followed around that were all called disciples. Learners is what that word is. They were there to try to learn something. And then one day, Mark chapter 4, says that out of that large group of learners, Jesus chose 12 and he appointed them apostles. That word means messengers with a mission. Messengers with a mission. And yet, when Jesus appoints them, the very first assignment they have, you see it right there on the scripture, don't you? Verse 14, chapter 3, verse 14, they might be with him. Would you say those last three words with me? Be with him. Before they ever preached a message, before they ever fought demons, which is what they do in the next verse, he just says, hey, I want you to be with me. I want you to hang out with me. I want us to do life together. 
And then I saw it in another text, John 14, 3. Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be what? With me. Be with me. So that where I am, you might also be there. How about this one, Luke chapter 23. There's a dying thief hanging on the cross right beside the naked, beaten body of our bleeding Savior who says, remember me in your kingdom. And what does Jesus say? Hey, you know what? Today, you will be with me in paradise. And then Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is post-resurrection. I mean, he's full of power, he's lifting off, ascending, and he gives the charge to the disciples. He says, now you go and take this message to all the world, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. I'm just starting to see this withness everywhere. Where does that come from? With me. I want you to be with me. This is the God who made us for himself to enjoy being with you, being with us, so much so that he set his heart to come help us find the way in Jesus Christ so that we might be with him forever. Jürgen Moltmann is the theologian who wrote about the theology of play. Here's what he says. Play foreshadows the joy of eternity yet to come, where all drudgery, disease, decay, and death is gone and swallowed up in life, the joy of Christ. He says, play is the celebration of life lived to its fullest. Then he says this, play follows God's example. God's the first one to play. Playful example in that he didn't create the universe because of its necessity. We're not given that kind of reason God created because God's creative. And then he says to his creation, it hasn't entered your mind. You haven't even started to think of what I've got in mind for you. Surprises and imagination. Play follows God's example. Moltmann says play relativizes our over-seriousness toward life. You ever feel over-serious toward life? You know, that's what I do. I get over-serious. I overthink. I overdo. I overwork. I, I overstuff. <laughs> and play is a way of helping me get over-over-seriousness toward life. Fills us with a spirit of joy, Moltmann says, and then delight that carries over into every aspect of our lives. And finally, he says, play is not just time off from work. Play is not just recreational rest time either. It is kingdom foreshadowing. It's entering into the, imagina the imagination of what God has yet to come. It's this momentary escape into a future reality where sin and death cannot define us. So it just turns out that there's great wisdom in play, and God is the author of it all. And we see in the movie, Great Wisdom in Play. Of course, there it's called The Wisdom of Pooh. Here's some of it. Hello, Christopher Robin. Winnie the Pooh. Speaks a lot of truth. He's got a great philosophy on life. People say nothing is impossible, but I do nothing every day. 
No, poo, that's not the... Oh, never mind. <laughs> Christopher Robin, his focus shouldn't be on work and work and work. It should actually be on things that are important to him. I'm not a child anymore. I'm an adult with responsibilities. Well, that doesn't sound like fun. Well, I think all the other characters help him to realize he's living his life in the wrong direction. Doing nothing often leads to the very best of something. Pooh represents living the moment and appreciating that life is happening to you not somewhere else but here. <laughs> I always get to where I'm going by walking away from where I've been. It's about something that we could all use a bit of at the moment. Slowing things down and realizing what's important in our lives. Who is the great philosopher, you know? I think when I first saw the movie, I, I was a little bit offended, slightly offended. I thought, am I just wasting time? So if anybody here thinking, well, there should have been a better movie than that to start a series like this with, then I get you. I feel that. I got other things I got to be doing. I got stuff that needs my attention. I got responsibilities to carry. I've got work to do. And God is saying, Bill, you got a problem, man. You're confused about who I am and who you are. And when you rediscover play, you rediscover trusting me to do my part that is not up to you. And so I would invite you into the wisdom of, not poo, but the wisdom of God. The wisdom where Jesus said, unless you change, you're going to miss the kingdom. In fact, you may already be missing it. Because you're all worked up about life. And God is saying, you got to let... <laughs> Come be with me. Be with me. How do you get from where you are to the wisdom of God place? Well, Pooh says, I always get to where I'm going by leaving where I've been. So how can you leave where you've been? Well, maybe I can offer a few suggestions. If you haven't played in a while, here's some ideas to consider. Uh, go to the movie. Go to the movie. Sit still. Watch. Receive, just be there. Stop and smell the roses. Literally, stop and then smell the roses. Smell life around you. Read a children's book. Actually, there's a great little children's book out on the background of the true story of the bear, the living bear, that was the inspiration for Winnie the Pooh. It's a great little story. I'm going to read it to my grandson. Read a children's story. Go to the playground. Swing. On the swing, you know, and point your toes really high to the sky and see how far you can go. Or go down the slide without holding on. Make a list of things you're thankful for. And just slowly make your way through the list, thanking God that his strength is around you and that he is fond of you. Or just do nothing. Do nothing and take your shoes off and go outside and dig your toes into the grass that God thought was really important enough to make and just feel the grass or go to the sand. Dig it into your, into your, in between your toes at the beach and be without doing for a while. Or here's one. Lisa and I did this on 4th of July, you know, we were in the pool and we just bounced the beach ball back and forth to see how many times we could keep it out of the pool and in the air. We got to 181. Yeah. <laughs> Was that a waste of time? 
You see what I'm saying? But that, I got this voice that's always getting down on me saying, hey, you should feel guilty when you play. And it's not the voice of the Spirit. The Spirit said, no, no, no. My first dream of having you was just to be with me. God wants to be with you. He wants you to imagine yourself surrounded by his strength and his love and this big God who has a special fondness just for you. Damarcito. And, uh, and to remember that in his bigness, he has made a way for you to be with him forever. Would you pray with me? Thank you, almighty, awesome God, for sending your heart to us, for coming to us in your heart through Jesus Christ, that we might find our way home and rediscover ourselves, rediscover our inner child, rediscover the joy and the playfulness of life because of your bigness and your strength. And I just want to pray for some of my sisters and brothers right now who life is hard. They're facing some really tough times. Some of us have been deeply hurt and we've been hiding. It's hard to let ourselves find joy when it seems like we're in such pain. And so I pray that today they would sense your bigness around them, your strength and your love with them, that you are with them. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us right now, right here. And we can relax and let you love us. Maybe for you, friend, you have been searching and seeking, but religion is just becoming a dead end. Could I offer a prayer that you can join me in today that would invite God to be with you in a special way? Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive my sins. Thank you that on the cross you made a way for me to be with you, and when you rose from the dead, that now your spirit can come alive in me. Come into my life, and now lead me into the joy that you imagined we could share as I make my prayer in your name. Our heads are still bowed just for a moment, but if you prayed that prayer for the first time and would let me ask God's blessing upon your next steps of faith, I'm gonna invite you simply to raise your hand, hold them up for just a moment so that I can find you. If you're joining us online, you can click on screen right there and we're praying with you and for you. Kendall Campus, you know our pastor is praying with you and for you right now. Thank you. Thank you. In the middle section, toward the back, toward the aisle, thank you. Thank you. Toward my left in the middle, God bless you. And then to my right, right here toward the front. You know, I don't need to see you for our prayers to be received, but Lord, I pray for every person whose hand was lifted saying, my heart is open and I'm trusting you. So I pray right now that your spirit would allow them to know that you are with them in Christ in a special way in whose name we pray, amen.